0: You know, it's, uh, I, I've been thinking this week about how uh, your Christmas comes every year, holidays come every year, and we, we kind of wonder, how do you get something so deep out of something you're so familiar with? We are, hey, kiddo, why don't you grab a seat? We're so familiar with this holiday that we call things that are similar to it Christmassy. Someone wears red and green together in July, and we're going to go, oh... That's a very Christmassy set of shorts you got there. And we, we know it so well that we kind of wonder, how does it become deep and fresh? And I feel like that should never intimidate us. Because the fact is is that the truth is one of those things that you hear it many, many times, and it comes alive many, many times. I was listening to a parenting podcast this week, and one of the things they talked about was the importance of slowing down with children to slow down and to just um, give them the time that they need to get through something and to not rush them through it. And I've heard that a billion times. They gave the example of a child gets in, faces disappointment, they're told they're gonna to go to grandma's house, now they're not going, they're throwing a fit in the grocery store, and we just wanna say, stop it, stop it right now and end it. But the point that they make is that disappointment is hard for adults too. And because they're children, they'll take longer to get through it and to be patient with them. And I have heard that so many times. I know it. I could have taken a test on that and passed the test. I've heard it said so many ways, so many different words, slow down, don't demand that children be adults. Uh, an old adage from the turn of the century was, uh, don't measure your child by the yardstick of your own experience. I've heard this before. But there was something in it that just was a good reminder to hear it in the podcast. And what's interesting is that though I've known it and I know it, hearing it and being reminded did impact my week. I did it several times, make parenting decisions this week that were different, not because I didn't know it before, but because I was reminded. And if we really think about it, the sermons that we hear that impact us are rarely ever the first time we've heard what we're hearing. We've heard it before. I'll tell you what, if you ever come here and you're hearing new things you've never heard before from me, chances are I'm starting a cult. (laughs) There's a protocol for dealing with it. You call Steve Mickle at the Foursquare District Office. You tell him, Sam's starting a cult, and I get fired. That's how it works. (laughs) For the most part, you're hearing stuff you've heard before, that you've seen this holiday before. We've we've been there before. But it changes us when we start to live it out. That's how truth works. You've heard it so many times in sermons in the Bible that... uh, Sin and rebellion never pay off, to love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And yet, it really becomes truth when it's something that impacts us to the degree at which we start to change because of it. And I think there's times where we, we, hear, we hear these things and we see the wonderful things of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, that celebratory thing. We want it to connect, we want to feel it, but it feels like there's a barrier, there's a, there's a thing blocking us from being, uh, experiencing it within the depth of us. And it isn't that we need to know new things. It's the power of the reminder that we look at. When light came into the world, John says that it began and it spreads and it's spreading. It's an interesting concept. In John 1, he says uh, in verse 4, in him was life and the power to bestow life. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it and it is unreceptive to it. It's the amplified version of that verse. And I I like the amplified because when it comes to a tough word to translate, it starts saying lots of words to give us an approximation of what's being said there. When it says that the light of Christ entered the world and darkness has not overcome it or comprehended it, it's like an image of an army surrounding another army and encapsulating and capturing it and holding it. Light is spreading And as John says, he says it continues to spread like a sunrise, keeps moving that ray of light further forward and darkness can't surround it, darkness can't stop it. No matter how numerous it is, no matter how great it is, it just keeps growing. I think it's an important reminder to remember that the light of Christ came into this world at one point and it's still expanding as that pertains to you. The light of Christ entered your life likely at some point. I would imagine most people in here at some point had a moment that they put their faith in Christ. At some point it entered, but it doesn't mean it's done expanding. It means it keeps going. It means no matter how much darkness is in your life, no matter how much you've forgotten, no matter how dead it feels to you, darkness cannot surround it. In the same way, darkness doesn't cover light, but light obliterates darkness. The darkness of our life, the forgetfulness, the way that we live in a natural world cannot overpower it. There is still a power of when Christ came initially in the world and in your life. Everything we do for this holiday is about remembering and trying to be present in what we are celebrating. You know, the reason that we give gifts and we look forward to it, just to show our hands, who's, who's looking forward to gifts? I was hoping to see a disproportionate amount of little hands. We got some. They're all coloring, that's Okay. But we, we look forward to these gifts. We look forward to the ones that we give. It's a countdown to the day that we go to the person's house, have the meal, see those people and enjoy it. And the reason that the holiday is set up that way to have all these festivities that land on one day is to remind us of the anticipation the world felt waiting for a savior. As they waited and groaned. And as I'm gonna read in a moment the ways that the, the, all the prophecies in the Old Testament promising a savior that is to come. And what you find is there's so many needs that people are waiting for this one figure to do. To defeat sin and death, a great spiritual esoteric level hope, down to governmental injustice. Waiting for a savior that will make things right. Before we do that, we do have a logistic about fire to go over real quick. There's gonna be live fire in this room, so let's talk about a couple of things. First off, um, when it comes to kids with candles, we agree with whatever parents think. If you think your kids are good for it, we agree with you. Go for it. Uh, You know your children best. And so uh, we've got a fire extinguisher, if you're wrong. Uh, We're ready to go. And uh, what we're going to do is that we're going to start with just one and light it and pass it. And I, you guys may not know this, but every pastor needs a side job. So do I. So I make technical drawings. And there it is. I made this one in about five minutes two years ago because it helps. It helps always bring an unlit candle to the lit one because the unlit candle won't drip wax. So leave the, as soon as the candle's lit, keep it upright. It'll help us control wax in the room. Bring the unlit candle to it. I'm going to start both sides, and you can just move it backwards as we go. And that is the, uh, those are the candle logistics. If you didn't get one, uh, did anyone not get one? Because we've got people that like to bring one to you. All right, uh, David, you didn't know you're doing this, but you're going you're to take those boxes and just keep your hand up for a sec. He's so faithful. He's also on fire brigade today. Uh, we do many things around here. So keep your hand up if you didn't get one. You need an extra one. And uh, actually, we got two boxes. We could do this with someone. Oh, look at that. Craig is on it. So uh, one person. Gets, so David, you can get this side. Craig, you get that side. We'll get everybody covered with candles. We, we believe we seated these in all the way, but there's never a problem with just tucking in a little more because a falling candle is only... The only thing more terrifying than a falling candle is a hornet flying straight at you. I think that's... That's my fear scale, so. All right. So uh, I'm going to, what we'll do is, can we also, like, let's do the light transition. Oh, perfect. Craig's timing's so great. He's already back there. We'll go ahead and get it dark in here. We can... Uh, And then we've got, the trees can also go dark. We'll give those a sec, but we're gonna start this. I'm gonna light you both in the front and then I'll come up here and we'll start reading. And when it comes time to put it out, if you can pinch it out, it controls smoke. If that terrifies you, it's okay. We'll get a little smoky in here. But I want to read some things. Uh, I want to read the hope that people waited for all those years. Yours is over there with mom. In Genesis 1, we have the very first prophecy uh, looking forward to this Savior. It says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity, said to the, to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. And He will crush your head, or he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Jacob later prophesied over Judah as to what kind of savior this would be, what kind of son of man, this offspring of the woman. Where will he come from? Jacob prophesies over his son Judah, who would have many children and eventually lead to a royal line. He says, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation will be his. Isaiah prophesied, therefore, Uh, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. He says elsewhere, uh, people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Elsewhere, he says, on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and he will remove his people's disgrace from the earth. And he says, for to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. All this hope, all this anticipation, waiting for who would this savior be, And there comes a point when the light and the hope passes onward and onward and onward, starting somewhere so simple, and it leads to this incredible story. We're going to read uh, the Advent story now. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will be great and will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Lord Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born to you will be called Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And when the time came, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of, uh, went up to the town of Nazareth in Judea, to Bethlehem, to, uh, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time for the baby to be born had come, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news. I bring good news to the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want you to think about this this simple light. It It starts with just one candle, one promise of hope. And it comes to a point that it's lit every single one in here. There's so many times of the hope of Christ, we wonder, can it really fill the world? Can it keep going? And yet that's the promise about that light is that it has entered the world. Darkness has failed to overcome it, continues to fail to overcome it, and it continues to spread. If, if this season, if you feel the light of God has been so dim and you can't find it, know that God has lit something within you, that he came as a child, and it is worth remembering every year and the remembrance of it can change who we are, change the way that we live. If a little silly podcast can do that with parenting, how much more remembering the story of Christ coming into this world can remind you that Christ came into your life, that the light is in your life and you are not so lost. I want us to stand and we're gonna pray. Lord, I ask that in this Christmas season, that it would be so much more than just a simple holiday, but that it would be one that comes alive, that we wouldn't forget how incredible you are, how amazing your promises are, that Christ came into this world and is still spreading light, that you came into our lives, you made us clean, you made us ready, you made us prepared for your presence and your spirit rests on us. Lord, I pray that we could remember that it could be something that changes us. And if it seems too good to believe in, let us say to ourselves again and again, believe, believe, believe that the light is within me. Lord, I pray that we could remember this season that you are with us and you cohabitate our lives with us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I didn't tell Brad this, but I am going to have him come forward. We're going to keep these lit for just a moment. you want The first song you guys played. and Brad's also buried in children. A father of a brand new newborn, and before you leave, notice the fact that Ransom inherited his father's thick, luscious head of hair. (laughs) All right, Brad, thank you.